Hello, everyone, and welcome to Chopping Wood with Forrester Basketball, a podcast where we chop it up with players and coaches at HU. I'm your host, Ryan Walker. Thank you so much for listening and enjoy. Thanks so much for joining on Chopping Wood. And uh, real quick, if you're thinking, wait a minute, this isn't Ryan. Uh, we're going to do a little switcheroo here. Uh, Ryan's going to focus on his baseball podcast. So I, Carson Watkins, are going to take on the podcast. And much like Ryan did his first interview with Zach Goodline, I'm also going to do my first interview with Zach Goodline. Zach, thanks so much for braving the elements to come here today. Hey, no problem, Carson. appreciate you having me. No problem, man. So quite an interesting week for you and your squad you went to Mount Vernon didn't exactly have the day you wanted but really rebounded well against a young but very gritty Spring Arbor squad what do you see from the team that you like this week well we had a tough two days of practice came back from Mount Vernon Saturday practice Sunday practice Monday and the overall message of these two practices was to get tougher so um I thought we played tough uh Tuesday we rebounded the ball well I think it was a step in the right direction, especially in these next five games coming up. They mean everything to us, so we just got to continue that toughness trend. Yeah, Zach, I talked to you after the Grace game, after that big win you guys had against Grace, and you said one thing is that you wanted the, the team wanted to stay together. After you guys went down 20-2, to two, Coach Offer had to take two of his six timeouts in the first like 10 minutes, I think. Right. But you guys were staying together. How has that been helping your team overall going down the stretch here? I don't ever say, I don't think we ever split as a team, I would say, but we're pretty close. And that Grace game is a great example of when things are going absolutely terrible. We were still able to stick together, power through a 22, oh, de- 20 to 2 deficit, just the first five minutes of the game or whatever it was. So, I mean, it's just about being connected, uh, believing in each other, believing in our teammates, all that stuff. And if we do that, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah, Zach, and uh, you mentioned practice a little bit ago. Uh, the coaching staff has made it a point to bring in some people to help you with the mental side of your game. And you talked about your time at Oakland, how you learned to play the game from the X's and O's standpoint rather than just kind of being out on the court. But how has that mental aspect of having these people come in and talk to you about the mental side of the game but helping you and the rest of your teammates? It helps a lot. I mean, we're, we're not really the most – we have, we have a lot of young guys still, and a lot of these young guys play a big part, in, a big part in our team. So just like, I mean, last year I w- I would battle through a lot of stuff, and I still battle through this mental side of the game. And I mean, ninety, I would say close to ninety percent of the game is mental, just because you can only control you can only control what you can control on the court. But having preseason, we had somebody come talk to us a couple times, and and it was good for us to just to keep our keep our. Uh, mental side of the game uh, on edge and all that stuff. So, yeah. Yeah, Zach, and I, one thing I was talking to Elaine about, and I also kind of want to talk to you a little bit about the mental side of the game here, is watching those shots fall. You know how difficult it can be when those shots just don't fall for you because then you start to second-guess yourself and you start to think, okay, well, now is this a shot worth taking? And, you know, it can really uh, delay your shot form. So, really, you know, kind of give the viewers at home a little bit into your mindset. Like when you see that first shot fall, and like you know, when you're not having the best of days, how does that impact you as a player? Well, you just gotta trust your work, man. I mean, we don't we don't shoot in the gym for hours and hours and practice all the time just to second guess ourselves. So you trust your work, um, and when that first shot goes in, I mean, it's a big confidence factor. But you can't base your whole game on the first shot. Trust your work, stay at it, and just. Just be you, man. I always say JBY. It's on my phone. Just be you, and that's you gotta control what you can control. 
Yeah, I like that, Zach. So I was listening to uh, you and Ryan's interview to get a little bit of an idea what you thought, what um, some things I could ask you because that was, you know, like you said, preseason. Right. And now we're sitting here barreling towards March, which is, you know, the college basketball glory days. And one thing that you and Ryan talked about was the freshmen on this team. We have a loaded freshman class. And, uh, I mean, you called it. You talked about Landon and his defensive ability and his playmaking skills. You talked about Lane and Jackson, a couple of red shirts there. But looking from October when that first when that interview was recorded to now, what have you seen from the freshmen that you've liked still? I think Lane has gone through his ups and downs, but, I mean, he's super talented. I mean, he can score all three levels. And defensively, he's learning schemes, and he's – He's picking up on nuances maybe he wasn't picking up on early in the season. So Lane has been great. Jackson and, and Jackson and Drew, our two redshirts, have been in the weight room on the court trying to get prepared for next season. Uh, Lando will be a huge piece for us next season. Huge. I mean, he's he's the most talented person on our team by far, and it's, it's, it's not close. The stuff he can do, the way he can jump, um, the way he can rebound the ball, we're, we're pretty excited about that. But I like our young guys, man. I really do like our young guys. So I think uh, our future is in good hands. Yeah, and uh, speaking of the future, you guys certainly do have a bright one. I think one thing Ryan and I have talked about frequently on this podcast, and we talked about it later in this episode, but that national tournament is sitting there. I'm not sure. Did you read the uh, NAIA Hoops Report Recetology page? Yep, yep. So yep. right now you guys are sitting in the tournament right now. Is that something that's going in conversations with you guys, or is this more of like, oh, we need to play the next game? You said after the Grace game that every game is like a tournament game. So is this national tournament like a talking point, or are you just trying to get to the next game, or a little bit of a mixture of the two? Um, we've definitely talked about it. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll have film, and we'll break down uh, where our standing is at and all that stuff. So we're definitely aware. Everybody on our team is aware. I mean, I, I let these guys know. Maybe they're not on Twitter, like active on Twitter like I am, but I let these guys know uh, – was about to go down and all that stuff. So we're aware, we're prepared, and we're we have a lot. Of, the great thing about it, we have a lot of opportunities coming up to build a resume. Mm-hmm. Many teams don't many don't have these games playing against ranked opponents where they can build a resume. So we have a lot of opportunities, a lot of chances coming up, and I think we're prepared and we're definitely ready for it. Yeah, and one thing I also want to talk to you a little bit more about this coaching staff. This You guys have a great coaching staff to work with, especially an analytically-minded coaching staff. I know that's something you're into. You know, what has been learning under this coaching staff the last two years been like for you? Coach Alfred is a stat nerd. Super, <laughs> he's a stat nerd, man. So, like, I mean, we have all these... I'm not familiar with some of the stuff he talks about, but then when he tells me about it, I try to go home and research it myself, but... Analytics aren't everything about the game, but they're pretty important. So I try not to get too deep into them because I think it, it can it can kind of mess your mind up a little bit. But it's definitely important, and it's definitely cool to see, like, just, like, where Huntington stands maybe in the, like, if we're talking steam, team stuff, like the RPI or, like, our offensive, offensive efficiency numbers, defensive efficiency numbers, the way we rebound, uh what our points per game look like in wins compared to losses, defensive points per game compared to wins and losses, uh, the rebound margin, all that kind of stuff. So he's really into that. I try to stay away from it because I just want to play. I'm not the coach, but it's very interesting to see and 
he's 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 amazing with all that stuff. Yeah, Zach. So uh, looking ahead a little bit. Um, the schedule makers, I've joked a lot this year, just haven't been the kindest to you guys at points. So this weekend on Saturday, you guys got St. Francis, which is going to be a really tough matchup for you guys. They have a lot of athletes on their team. And then you got to go down to Indiana Wesleyan, a team that really broke you guys' heart earlier this season. So what are you what are you looking forward to this next week? We're just ready for the challenges, man. We're ready for the challenge. Um, we're 10-2 and two at home, I think. So uh, we're way better at home than we are on the road. So we're really looking forward to Saturday, and uh, and we're hopeful for a big victory for us. And then Iwu, we thought we had him at home the first time, and it's going to be a tough place to play at, and they're a really, really good team. But, I mean, we're up for the challenge. I think we can compete with anybody in the league, and our staff knows that, our players know that, and we're just looking to prove ourselves, man. Yeah, you kind of mentioned a little bit. I wanted to kind of pick your brain here. You mentioned a little bit of those home versus away struggles. But when you guys are at home, Ryan and I always kind of beat the drum about getting people into the stands. May that be students, may that be members of the community. And you've kind of addressed it, but I was wondering to know if you could address it again. Like, what does it mean to you when you, you know, Plat Arena is full and people are going crazy? Like, what does that do for your team? It just brings a whole new energy. I mean, we played all of last year with nobody, nobody in the crowd, nobody in the stands. So it's all, it's hard to bring your own energy to every game, especially in a long season like a college basketball season. So like that Grays game when Plat Arena was packed, I mean it just gives you new life, gives you new energy, and uh, we appreciate it so much, man. I, we love it, uh, we thrive off of it, and it it really helps our team. Yeah, I wanted to also pick your brain a little bit more about your matchup with Antoine Cushenberry this week, and that's going to be a highlight matchup for any Crossroads League basketball fans. I know a lot of people have told me they're looking forward to it. You know, two great guards, probably two of the best guards in the league. What are you looking forward to your matchup this weekend? Um, whatever it takes. That's that's our mindset going going into the game, man. Whatever it takes. Um, hopefully, we have our legs right and all that stuff. Uh, we'll put many guys on him as 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 a team task to guard Kush. Uh, Edge is a great player, mm-hmm. got to rebound the ball. When they're clicking on all cylinders, they're really hard to guard. But if we can rebound the ball, hopefully control the pace, play at our own, own pace, uh, we'll be all right, man. Yeah, all right, Zach. I think we're gonna close it here. I can't appreciate you enough, man. But like I said, uh, this weekend, uh, come on at one to support the girls' team. It just got their uh, first win of the conference season and uh, support the pink out. And then uh, stay around for the guys. It's gonna be a good matchup. You got anything to add, Zach? Um, come on and support, man. Saturday is a huge game, and these uh, rest of these games are are huge for us. And we're hoping to make a national tournament run, first one in a long time. So. Hopefully uh, it works out for us. Thanks And thank you, Carson, for having me. Hey, no problem, man. Good to see you. Yep. Thank you so much for tuning in to our player interview. Now let's bring in Ryan Walker to discuss Forrester basketball. Welcome back to Chopping Wood with Forrester basketball. I am now joined by Ryan Walker as our little switcheroo continues here. So, Ryan, you are, how are you feeling today? I'm feeling great. This was the first day of the snow. And it's terrible. It looks great outside. Trust me, it looks beautiful, but it's terrible. Yeah, I was able to go for a little walk in our uh, little wooded area we have at the edge of campus by the uh, baseball stadium. It was very pretty back there. So it looks pretty as long as you don't go outside, especially not the winds picked up. (laughs) It's very cold. So hopefully by Friday when you're hearing this, uh, they have all the roads plowed and it starts to melt away a little bit. It's supposed to be a little bit warmer next week. And uh, 
Well, for one, the biggest thing I'm really hoping for is that we have a game on Saturday. <laughs> That's kind of my uh, biggest concern right now. Yeah, I, I was talking to Coach Alford uh, this this morning, which would be Wednesday morning, and he's he's pretty confident that they can get the game in. And I mean, they're playing St. Francis, so it's not like they're coming from Mount Vernon or Spring Arbor or something like that. But it's it's a really good sign to, to say, hey, you guys are 30 minutes away. Let's you know drive. 10 miles an hour if you have to, you know, just just get here. So Yeah, so a doubleheader, too, and a very important day for the women's team as well. The pink out will be happening at 1 o'clock, so if you can come. Um, I'm going to harp on this a little bit, but as I always say, uh, pack the plat. This is a huge game for both teams, so uh, show up, Ryan. Would you agree with that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, they've got Marion left at home, St. Francis, of course, on Saturday, and Goshen. So, you know, these are the last couple opportunities to have that, and um, I mean, if, if Huntington does end up winning out, you know, there, there could be a chance that they would host a, a tournament game. But, you know, as the looks of it right now, we're pretty happy with where we're at, which we'll get to, of course, in a little bit here. But, you know, these are probably going to be the last three home games. That would be awesome, though, to host a tournament game. That would be awesome. Oh, it would be incredible. You know, but like we said, the, you know, seating isn't really where it's at, but a, um, once again, Ryan, we're coming into this podcast with a little bit of a mixed bag of a week. Uh, last week, we got that big win against Bethel, and then we went to Mount Vernon and just wasn't the the guy's day, 100%. Uh, just a couple struggles there, here and there, and they just couldn't get the win. They still made it pretty close, but then they uh, came to the forest and uh, beat up on a very young and hungry Spring Arbor team. And it was a good game. You know, they shot 10 free—they made 10 three-pointers in the first half a couple of the bench guys went off and everyone really produced in this game but so there's some positives here and you know as in, in every game you're going to get some positives and a handful of negatives what did you see from the Foresters last night well I think they're really putting it together Carson I think obviously in games where you shoot better you're more likely to win that's that's the obvious thing but when you see Caleb Middlesworth he's been shooting so well in the year of 2022 to start, and since then he's been shooting 40% from three. Well, in this game against Spring Arbor, he didn't have the best of days, and neither did Ben Hummerkaus, who um, has been struggling a little bit from out there. But uh, I was talking with Coach Alford on on Wednesday morning, and he was just telling me how important it is to have so many uh, shooters on the team, the whole starting five, including Peyton West, when he is officially, officially back. He had a little minute restriction there. Uh, but everybody on the floor can shoot the three, and there's only a select few that won't shoot the three in a game, but they still are able to do that. So it's it's really it's really cool to see how that kind of all goes together. And something that I also noticed is Lane Sparks has really accepted the starting role um, that he'll probably go back down in once Peyton's ready to go off of uh, off of his COVID minutes and stuff being reduced. Um, but he he started four games in a row. And he's looked the part. I mean, he's averaged, I think, about 13 points per game. I was I was doing the stats earlier, and he's been very involved on the defensive side, on the rebounding side of things as well. He's been uh, getting a couple steals he- here and there, and obviously he's just a quick, really efficient shooter. And he goes 7 for 9 against Spring Arbor, and I believe he had a really good game as well um, against Mount Vernon as, uh, with 19 points, I believe. And he's, he's shooting at a really high rate, and he's doing – a great job at that and he's a freshman and uh he he told me uh earlier earlier this afternoon he, he said yeah pretty much uh as soon as I see the first shot fall 
I'm I'm very confident. I have to continue to say confident. And you mentioned a couple shooting struggles that he had earlier in the year, but how he gets out of them is is just staying confident. And I really see that with this group here, who now is going to reacquire Peyton West. It's almost like a, a, a college uh, trade deadline move in a way, but it's really you're just getting a starting guard back in Peyton West to go right back into the lineup. Yeah, and I think one thing is I uh, Lane was player of the game last night, so I interviewed him post game, and I just you know I just was kind of curious, so I straight up asked him. I said, you know, what has it meant to you to be able to have some starting minutes here? And you know, and he gave a very selfless answer. He said, I just want to do my job. I just want to come here and do my role. If they want me to be the sixth man, I'll be the sixth man. If they want me in the starting five, I'll be in the starting five. And it's something that you you and I talk about a lot, and you said it. And if you want to elaborate on this a little bit, but you always say that. Your starting five doesn't exactly have to be your five best players. It's the five that makes most sense to start the game and play the most minutes. Yeah, of course, Carson. I say that sometimes. You've been seeing it in basketball. I mean, we saw Zach Owens. He he would be on the bench. But by no means does that mean is he not one of the best players on the floor because he is. And he definitely could start at at Bethel or other teams. And, you know, Lane Sparks could be a guy that could start as well. You could make that argument. And I know, I know we talked about that earlier in the year. But, you know, you have a guy like that coming off of the bench. You know, say you say you play a team and, oh, okay, we got to rest our guard. You know, they've, they've been guarding Zach and Peyton. You know, that's a really tough task. We're, we're going to sit him at the same time as, uh, as Zach. So say Zach sits and then their best guard sits. Well, then Lane Sparks comes in, and he does what he does on the offensive side, and he's a pest defensively as well. He's able to steal so many. Uh, he's able to steal so many turnovers and create so much of that, and also be offensive, um, efficient on the offensive side. So he's the perfect player to have come out off of your bench. But when you need it, when somebody goes down to an injury or COVID, in Peyton's case, he's ready to step into the role, and he scored 19 in his last two games, and. He's, he's just been really great on the offensive side. Yeah, I agree with you 100%, and that's just going to be huge down the stretch here, especially we're going to get into it a little bit, but this matchup on Saturday is something else for our guards and our centers. And, you know, the, a lot of yeah. – they've, they've come <laughs> to the task so far, but we'll address that a little bit later. Um, it's our weekly tournament tournament talk time, Ryan. Another yeah. um, report from NAI Hoops report came out. You want to take us through it? Yeah, sure thing, Carson. Uh, you know, when when I was thinking about it this week, because we were starting to transition you um, over to the podcast, so I can have some more time to restart the baseball one, but still spend some time here as well. We uh, we have some unfinished business, I guess you could say, for the basketball team right now. Um, but it just gets a little tough with between the two. But let's talk about a little bit about the um, about the tournament. So I'm thinking. I'm going, okay, what are we going to talk about? Well, you know, it's just kind of the same old, same old. What happened during the week? Where do we think we stand? You know, it's been a couple weeks since the first NAIA Hoops report, who is is unofficial, but they have a very clear understanding of what's going on. They do all of, they do the ARC ratings, they do the RPI ratings, the strength of schedule, all of that stuff. They have a complete bracket on their website. They have a Twitter page and then NAIA Hoops report on their website as well with a whole bunch of articles and stuff. So, as of right now, breaking news, Huntington uh, is making the tournament right now, and they're over four teams right now. So this is, again, unofficial from NAI Hoops Report, but they have a really good uh, 
a very good view on what's going on. Yeah, I think say. of it as, you know, if you obviously probably follow Division One basketball, it's kind of like bracketology reports. Joe it's Lunardi. Like, yes, thank you. John Ronstein. Exactly. You know, guys like that. You know, it's like they don't have the final say, but they know what they're talking about. So, yeah, um, my I uh, sent to you on Twitter, but my initial reaction was that uh, Michael Scott gif when there's the fire alarms going off and they're like, oh, my God, it's happening. Yeah. It's happening. So. Good news, it really is. It's um, it's a good place to be, but for the Huntington to officially make it into that tournament, they certainly got to win some games here down the stretch, and it is not going to be easy. Yeah, it's going to be tough. I mean, your eyes light up when you see that. You know, they've had the struggle of you know starting off 2022 so uh, so poorly right in a row, and then you have the Goshen game when you thought everything was rolling your way. We have this stretch to you know maybe go four and zero, five and zero in this little stretch here, and potentially you know, notch our name into the tournament um, at that point, and then you lose to a Goshen, and then you go on the road to Mount Vernon, who you, lo- who you beat by 50 earlier in the year, and then lose on the road. So it's been really tough to see that, but right now it's it's a great sign. I mean, right now they said as an at-large bid, again, unofficial, but heading into a, a seed of, they go one through four seeds, and they have a bunch of these, 16 of them to be exact. And Huntington right now would be the four seed playing the one seed and number seven in the country. Thomas Moore in the bluegrass region over in Kentucky. So, Carson, Kentucky is a very uh, very nice place for us to go. Um, I think that would be an ideal kind of area there. But RPI right now, they have them as number 45. That would most definitely uh, have them in the tournament in a field of 64. And then str- strength of schedule, I believe it said 59. It was a little bit hard to read. Um, which is a little confusing to me with uh, the, yeah. the schedule that they do put out there. Um, and then the Great Lakes slash South ARC rating, which they do go off of, which is an ARC rating goes through each individual area. So in our region, it's uh, Chad LaCrosse's region, which is the Crossroads League uh, commissioner, and Great Lakes slash the South, some, so some Texas team, well, maybe not Texas teams in that regard. Um, that's more so the bracketology area, but Great Lakes and Southern areas, we're number 13, which seems good and bad in a way, but I think being in that spot would notch you into the tournament, which is really good. But as you said, we have a really tough schedule around. So, you know, if they have a losing stretch in these next five games, I don't think that's going to hurt them. But it depends on what they do. Say they win two out of their next five, who do they beat? If they beat... Marion or a St. Francis and they lose to Wesleyan and Marion and then beat Goshen or, or say you say you beat a Marion or a St. Francis and you beat Goshen but then you lose to Wesleyan and or Grace that's I think that's fine because you have another ranked win under your belt a team that's been number one this year a team that's been ice hot or ice hot, uh, ice cold and red hot I, during I know the year. I we're in the middle of a blizzard, but geez. <laughs> <laughs> There's so much snow going around, I get confused. But um, And I'll stop rambling here in a second. But you look at that stretch. You go two and five. I think that puts you in a good standing still in that, in that five-game stretch. And, you know, if you win one in the Crossroads League tournament, I would say you probably are in at that point. And even if you go, say say the worst happens, and you go 1-5 and five and you beat Goshen and that's it, you still might have an opportunity in the Crossroads League tournament to notch yourself in. But I'll tell you what, if Huntington has a winning record over this next five-game stretch, we'll knock on wood as you can hear it, I think they make the tournament. Yeah, that's 
big right there. And I think one thing is I, I do have a lot of confidence in this team at home. I still face a little bit of worry about those road struggles. And I, I you know, I hate to be a pessimist. I really do. But at this point, it's more than a fact. There's, you know, the, the road schedule hasn't been the easiest. But, I mean, if you can notch, like, like you said, a St. Francis and a Marion at home and a Goshen at home and then, you know, go three and two here. And even if you can get one of those road wins and then, you know, go down to Marion most likely at this point and, you know, even play up to a close game, these are really good. And it's like what Coach Alford said in the last podcast. We're very fortunate that we're going to get five, six bids from the Crossroads League. I mean, over half the league's probably going to make this tournament. And Mount Vernon's in the first four out, and they're ahead of us in the conference standing right now. Yeah. So that's wild, for one. Yeah, I mean, if they do take five in the Crossroads League and we just hold our own, we're going to be the fifth team. Because right now, they have uh, they have us as not even the first four in. They have us as that fifth team in, unofficially. And if that's even true, Mount Vernon is one of the next four out. Not the first four out, the next four out. So they're on that little kind of eighth team out so if we hold our own and even if Mount Vernon ends up picking up a couple victories we're still right there now we don't have the head-to-head no we 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 split the series we beat them by 50 at home but we just lost uh, in in a recency bias thing but you know Carson that's that's been the goal we've been talking about it for a couple weeks in a row here if not a couple months yeah exactly but um it's it's becoming uh, more of a reality and I know that this team definitely sees it I know coach Alford sees it um and they don't they don't talk about it all the time but it's something that's in conversation and they're probably telling them hey you guys are right here a winning record or potentially going two and three in the stretch if you compete in all of those games I think that says a ton especially Indiana Wesleyan at Indiana Wesleyan that's going to be the toughest by far out of all of them if they go if they go one and four in the stretch and they win at Indiana Wesleyan I'm just I'm just going to just book your ticket <laughs> or KC your bus baby <laughs> <laughs> right yeah and that's gonna it's just gonna be up to the team to compete uh you know they need to these teams aren't gonna let you get away with a 30 minute performance. This is, you're gonna have to play a full 40. Yep. Everybody's got to play a full 40. You know, Marion's not gonna let you off easy. St. Francis is gonna let let you off easy. And you know, Wesleyan's certainly not gonna let you knock them off at home on a Tuesday night. No siree. So it's gonna be interesting. I'm excited to see it. I really am. This is gonna be a great couple of weeks, and we're just barreling towards March, Ryan and. It's you know, it's, and that's one thing I kind of said is like you know, it's, I have a lot of emotions right now. I was like, I was really happy that like I saw our name on that bracket, and I was just I was just thinking about two years ago when we didn't even make the tournament, when we didn't even make the conference tournament, and you know that was a little bit of a rebuilding phase, and we were just you know trying to move some guys up, and it worked, it did, and that was kind of a transition period for the program, but. Now we're sitting here two years later and our name's on the bracket. That's just incredible. Yeah, it really is, and and I'm excited to see what happens over these next few weeks. It's been a season, to say the least, of very, very high highs and very low lows. Peaks and valleys. So let's hope that the very low lows is done. <laughs> that's, that's all I can say because <laughs> the lowest of the low would be just not even making the tournament, which you know, would which would – 
that would be low. That was some of my emotions. It was just like now that I see my name on that, our name on that bracket, just like oh, if that gets taken away from me, I swear. <laughs> I know. I, I, it's great that they're ahead by that much. It's not even that they're just a bubble team now. I mean, they're they're in right now. They're not on the first four bubble. You know, they're five, but they're not on the first four bubble, and they still have. They probably, I would argue, the toughest stretch out of any team in the country now. People have got to look look at that as well. I think. And I think one thing, too, is, you know, we kind of mentioned if they can even just match up with these teams, I'd imagine they can match up with the number one seed. They can match yeah. up with some of these teams. And Honestly. That's not, that's not out of the realm of possibilities. Yeah, that's very true. I mean, they competed with Indiana Wesleyan, who in the la- in the first tournament update, I haven't checked um, recently, but their RPI rating was number one, and we had just lost to them on a buzzer beater. I mean, a game that arguably Huntington should have won, but... I mean that just that just goes to say, yeah, I think I think if we play the right game, we can really compete with anybody in the country, which is crazy to think about, you know. But when you're in a league like this with a program like IWU, with programs like Marion, St. Francis, everybody else, yeah, we can compete at a national level, and that's really exciting. Yeah, and like I said, just got to be careful. Play a full forty. I, I can't help but think about the Marion game on the road when we tie it up at fifty, and then just kind of watch it slip away slowly. So. That's going to be huge, but a uh, big game on Saturday, Ryan. We got St. Francis coming to town, and great guard play. Great, one of the best centers in our league, and I know our guys have matched up really well with centers so far this season, but Cushenberry is going to be a tough task for Lane Sparks, Peyton West, and Zach Goodline, and David Edge is going to be a huge task for Spencer Ballinger and Caleb Middlesworth. Yeah, there's a ton of guys on that team that you got to watch out for. You really can't. It's like Huntington. You can't double-team. Anybody, because they have so many guys. They're so versatile and they're so they're so shifty. I mean, it's just a very fast-paced offense, much like Bethel, um, but I think a better version here in St. Francis. And you know, we've been talking to the players and coaches, and uh, yeah, we just we don't match up great against them, I believe. Um, and it, obviously, we saw that we went at St. Francis, and we just looked really outmatched. And that was a game that. I thought Huntington did just played out of sorts for the entirety of the game. You know, we didn't look anything of like what we've seen. I mean, they give up 97 points as you're showing me right here. We don't allow that many points usually. You know, it, that that was quite strange. But how fast-paced their offense is, how efficient their offense is, how many chances they create. You know, they don't turn the ball over very much. So obviously, getting 97 points is an attestment to that. So. Huntington's got a, I mean, they, they've got a home game against them, which is really nice. That's, that, of course, in our recency bias here, home games have proven to be our strong suit. So if they can get that big win against St. Francis, boy, oh boy, I'll tell you what, that's, that would probably be the biggest win of the year up to that point. I know you're thinking of the Grace game, but I think at this moment in time, beating St. Francis on Saturday would be the biggest win of the season, especially seeing that you're in the tournament right now. I don't even think that's recency bias. The thing, I mean, we're 10-2 and two at home. Both of them were less than two points, and we're 6-5 yeah. and five on the road. That's, I mean, that's yeah, not that's even true. recency bias. That's just a fact at this point. That's true. But I think, you know, we've seen them play well at home, and they are fully capable of doing this. And I think one thing, when you're looking at the box score from that game in January— they gave up. They lost the first half, thirty-four to forty-five, but they won the second half, fifty-three to fifty-two. And I mean, there was an ungodly amount of fouls in that second half. It was a very oh, physical gosh, game. Oh Carson, <laughs> they were fair calls. I'm just, I, I'm just messing calls. with you. I'm just messing with you. <laughs> Once again, just a fact. Um, but I mean, if they can match up well in the first half 
they've proven how well they can play in the second half. I mean, that's another just big component of this game, just not to let, the, let, the, let it get away from you at a certain point. You do not want to play behind against a team like this. No, certainly don't. I mean, that's a team that if you... If you're tired, if you're uh, if if you're mentally out of shape because of how tough it is to guard these players, they're they're just gonna keep pounding it. They're gonna pound it inside. They're gonna shoot threes. I mean, everybody can do it. It's much like Huntington. Everybody on the floor can virtually shoot a three, including Aja, who did it against us and really got going in the second half of that game and really wore us out. I thought so. Yeah, you can't you can't play behind this team. You know <laughs> that twenty to two score against Grace probably will not fly in a game like this. So hopefully we're I'm surprised that flew against Grace. <laughs> I know exactly, but if maybe we can flip the role, go on a twenty to two run, and then keep it that way rather than losing that. If we lead. win one to nothing, I'll be fine. I just want to win this game. <laughs> one free throw from Caleb Middlesworth. <laughs> there we go. I'll take it. If that's what it takes. I'll take it. No, that's. We'd, I think we'd be on Sports Center for the weirdest basketball game of all time, but uh, yeah, no, that's not gonna happen. Maybe like a hundred to one to a hundred. I'll take that too. But yeah, I'm really excited for that. Uh, like I said, come pack the plaid if you can, if it's safe for you to do so. If not, we'll have the coverage for you on FDN Sports and. Um, Woohoo. Yeah, heck yeah. And also, once again, just uh, if you could come out, support the girls' team and wear pink. Uh, Ryan, both of our mothers, have battled with breast cancer, so we really important to us. And just raise raise awareness for that, Ryan. So uh, any final thoughts? Wear pink and show out. Pack the plat for both games. It's, it's going to be great. This is probably the, other than the Indiana Wesleyan and Grace games, this is the biggest home game of the year. And, I mean, I think you can make an argument it is the biggest home game so far this year at this moment in time. So, yeah, definitely come out. It's going to be great, and obviously, if not, if it's not safe, you can listen to Carson and I some more on the air on FTN Sports. So, yeah, that's all I got, man. All right. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you Saturday. Thank you for tuning in to Chopping Wood with Forrester Basketball. For more on HU Hoops, visit Ryan Walker HU on Twitter and catch more episodes of Chopping Wood every Friday. Thank you for listening. This has been Ryan Walker.